Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Actually, you know what? It turned out that I this was a very, 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 very busy day today. Start out early this morning. I had an interview with uh, Bruce Boise, who um, was the whistleblower for the uh, drug companies, all those opioid companies. I uh, got them in big trouble, so I had an interview with him this morning. I didn't have the time to prepare it to show you today because after that I appeared on a panel at the University of Houston, and uh, we had a very, very complete conversation about a whole lot of stuff. So it was great. I enjoyed the panel. As you know, I love to talk to young people as well, and these folks were, they asked some of the best questions. We have a group of folk that are coming up that they're going to put us to shame because young people, they've got it going on. And the questions that they asked show that they were really, really engaged. We had several hundred people on the, um, uh, on the Zoom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I had a good time. I had a good time. There was um, one reporter from the – a journalist from the Houston Chronicle, and there was a Ph.D. doctor of uh, journalism from uh, the University of Houston – and myself, and I, I tell you what, uh, it was fun. The discussion was about uh, fake news, which they don't like to use the term fake news because they think it's polarized, uh, and uh, misinformation. And you know what we talk about there. But anyhow, we had a good time. Anyhow, let's go ahead. Uh, yes, yes, yes. It was a university panel. You're right. Okay, Michael Rudden says, virus variant in Brazil infected many who had already recovered from COVID-19, yet more reason to get vaccinated as sap. I want to I stress that to people. That is very important, Michael, because we can actually isolate this stuff. If we all get vaccine, vaccinated and, and the virus is no longer spreading, what you get is if there's no virus to spread, there's no mutation. And that's why we want to reach herd, humini- herd immunity. The same applies in Brazil. If those, those other people that got reinfected with the other brand, it seems to be that the vaccine is better than having gotten the, the virus itself. The vaccine uses a technology where it looks for the spike, vi- the spike protein, and it seems like all these viruses have the same spike protein, but your own immune system, I'm not sure what it's searching for. It may have picked up something else to search for your immune system, why the other variants are not very well tolerated or, or, or don't give that great immunity that it should. So thank you so kindly, guys. Hey, uh, let's see who else. Let me see. Rundin has another one. Biden vows enough vaccine for every adult by the end of May. The previous times was uh, not seen as nine months. I hope President Joe... Uh, look, he's correct. Uh, there is no reason why we shouldn't have all the vaccines we need by April. That's the truth. And I don't mean the end of April. I mean the beginning of April. If America wanted to get down to business, we could have, if we, let, let me put it this way. If, we, if, if it takes a month to build a factory and it takes that chemical combination two weeks to turn from all the chemical compounds into that vat, we could have however many million vaccines we want if we wanted to invest the money to get it done right away. That is where we talk about profit versus health and all of that comes in, right? Because remember this, if I can build one factory and I have a lot of people working and building factories 
And this is a critical issue. We could say, stop building that Shell factory, stop building that uh, Exxon factory, stop building that Tedesco factory, and then go ahead and bring it all to building factories for vaccines. And if that factory we can build into, hey, China, China showed us up. Yeah, they went ahead and they said, ah, we can build a hospital immediately. And that is what they did. So we have to recognize that we can operate that way as well. If we want to, if we stop looking at money first, money first, money first. You know, money is a figment of one's imagination. Anyhow, so yeah, we could do it if we had to. We have to, but we don't. Because again, in America, capital is still more important than humanity. Even under democratic rule, capital is more important than humanity. Biden vote. Okay, so hey, let's see. You made it. Yes, Bridge, I made it. I made it. And you know what? I had to prepare this show in half hour. So it's really the, the leftovers that I said I was going to play from yesterday that I missed. Plus, uh, one of our listeners, we had a dialogue where he said that I am a lion. Let me see. What did he call me? A lion snake. And I asked him to please, my videos are all online for everybody to see. There's nothing hidden. I asked him to go ahead and please point out the lies for me. And if any of the lies that he says I've, to I've told materializes, I will come on air and I will say I lied. I won't only do it. Uh, no, I won't say I lied. I'll say I made a mistake because... I don't knowingly just tell something that isn't right. I would come here and say it. I'll say it on KPFT. I'll say it everywhere. But he couldn't find anything. So he said, well, we'll talk about it later. Uh, Michael Rodney, background on Bruce uh, Boyce and Cephalon Opioid Lollipop's lawsuit from 2008, updated 2019. Yeah. Okay, Breach says, meaning your university. Yes, ma'am. Uh, e2247, Egberto, your diary over at Daily Coast is stellar. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate that. Why not supporting massive minimum wage increases in the sanctioning of wage theft? Still gets me energized and hope others will too. Yeah, you know what? I, a lot of my newsletters or my, my blogs over at Daily Coast makes it into the newsletter. And that newsletter circulation is over is several million. So uh, thank you so kindly for supporting that piece, uh, E2247. You can also help by going ahead and resharing it as well. But I appreciate Everybody who reads my stuff, everybody who shares my stuff, I am honored that you do. Uh, British MCP says, so the new stimulus plan has changed, maybe for the better, so now a, few, a, a new vote. Um, yeah, I don't know for the better. I, I'm still trying to figure that out, uh, British MCP. Tell me why you think it's for the better. Why not supporting massive minimum? Oh, that's, that's the same one. Thank you very much, um, uh, E2247. Love you, guy. All right, British MCP says, and the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops is saying the Johnson & Johnson vaccine should not be taken as the company uses aborted fetus. By the way, the fetus that they use is from a fetus about back in um, 2000, or rather, I think it was 1980 or something. They're still using those cells from a fetus that long, right? Oh, God. The, even the Pope has said it's okay. But, you know, you're in Louisiana. And this darn bishop in Louisiana is saying no. Uh, let's see. Let's see. America needs to make enough vaccine to help vaccinate the whole world. Brian Sams, welcome aboard. And you're absolutely right. The whole world needs the vaccine. 
You're absolutely right, Brian. E246, brother, your prep for your work each day is awesome. You could... <laughs> Man, it's 16 hours a day, E2247. It's crazy. You know, um, but you know what? I love the work. So when, when you love what you're doing, when you feel like you're making a difference, you don't really feel the work. The 16 hours don't feel like 16 hours, except that every two days on, I have to do spinning as well. So that 16-hour day becomes an 18-hour day because I spin and do my exercise on those two days. And then I go to sleep. And then I'm banged up. I start out the next morning like, oh, my God, I'm so damn tired. But, you know, since I try to stay away from the health, I try to stay away from the healthcare system. I have to try to stay, keep my cardiovascular system okay. I hope the rest of my system is okay. We'll see if I, if something shows up or not someday. But I hope not. I haven't been to the doctor in a while. Text 77, making a list, checking it twice. Going to find out who's naughty or nice. Bridge MCP says... New stimulus deal makes people uh, making 80 to 150 and single will, will get nothing, which I am in agreement with. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, I am, you know, I have two thoughts about that, Bridge. And that is, I preach that we don't pay what people are worth. Actually, you know what, Bridge? Even if I follow my my philosophy that I'm talking about, pe people are not necessarily paid what they're worth. Actually, you're right. Actually, you are right. You're right. If they're making... Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I think I got to change my stance on that, uh, Bridge. When I go ahead... I never analyzed it. I just saw it and got mad that, oh, they're changing the bill. But now that you put it that way, I'm with you. Michael Rodden says, mean testing will act as a delay. I, I don't think it's mean testing that way. What it does is... It's whatever is on your tax records for 19, for, or rather for 2019. If you already filed for 2020, then it will be 2020. So that's what it is. Um, okay. Let's get busy. Let's get busy. I did the first, the, the first piece I want to do is I was on something called a living room conversation. A living room conversation is where you sit down and talk about a topic. And since I think it was the end of Black History Month, this uh, particular group asked me on to talk on uh, race and ethnicity. And it was, a, it's, it was a very nicely blended group. And there's a, there's a particular question that I answered and that I think, I, you know, I said, you know, I want to play it here at, Cape, at, at uh, my, my program here because I want folks to see the kind of mentality that I, I, I have with regards to race. So that's the first one I'm going to uh, play, and then we'll move on from there. Go ahead and now get into the main part of our conversation, starting to now dive into race and ethnicity. And I will just read kind of the opening paragraph for this conversation guide. And if you're following along on YouTube or wherever you are, our moderators are going to put that in the chat so you can get a sense of the conversation that we're about to have. So the expressed American ideal is the creation of a society that is fair and has opportunity for all, regardless of individual or group identity. Even as we work to build a nation that reflects those ideals, there are challenges to living into its fullest expression. This conversation is an opportunity to explore our experience of race and ethnicity. Where are we? What do we aspire to for ourselves and our community? 
So now we're going to have the opportunity for each participant to have about two minutes to answer one of the following questions from the guide. Were conversations about race a part of your upbringing? If so, how was the, com what, how was the subject approached? How did the people around you talk about other races? Do you feel race has an impact on your daily life? And if so, how? Have you ever been accused of being racist? How did that make you feel? Did it affect the way you think or act? Why or why not? And what would a society that values racial and ethnic differences look like? What hopes and fears come up for you as you think about that society? So whoever would like to hop right in and, and take that one of those questions on. What would a society that values racial and ethnic differences look like? I would, take, I would say that um, it is what we've aspired for because we haven't yet seen it. So uh, what it would look like is what all of us here are hoping that it would be. I've, I've heard, in, and while we had a discussion that some of us may not be as hopeful, I am actually very hopeful based on the experiences that I've been having. On my radio show, Politics Done Right, I have a wide audience of both folks on the left, right, middle, every, every ethnicity, etc. And what I find is that if the communication is done in a, in a particular manner where people feel that they're being listened to, that uh, they actually respond. And, the, and one of the ways one can figure those things out is if they're returning every day, to talk to you in as much as you're not necessarily like them, something must be right there. So um, I am hopeful. Um, I think that once we start not thinking of America as a melting pot, I don't know about you, but I'm from Central America. I like my, uh, I, I love my Sancocho and I like my uh, arroz con pollo but I also like to go to an Italian restaurant and I like to have me some soul food. And I, I, I like to have a different taste of everything. I don't want to melt it all into one thing and then just eat that slop. I love to see, we're, we are looking at a screen right now with a whole bunch of people that look very differently. And I love it. Uh, uh, you know, we're all humans and what we see is, the beauty of differences. And I think one of the problems that we have in society is that too often we're looking for sameness instead of the equality of differences. In other words, you can be different and equal. You can be, and, and I think one of the issues where we talk about what, what gives us fear, the fear is that we are not able to put that message out. The fear is that we are able to allow others to manipulate our psyche in such a manner that that message doesn't come through. So I think as long as we're able to say or to prove, I'm, a, I'm an engineer, so I'm always talking about proofs and formulas and math. As long as we're able to do that, I think in the long run, we come out ahead. And the thing about it is if it's done the right way, even some of the, I've spoken to some of the most, what we would call racist people, that have actually come around. So I have a lot of hope. I'm very hopeful.
We spend a lot of time. And yes, I'm very hopeful. I'd like to know what some of your thoughts are on 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 that commentary. Just drop me a line right there in the in the chat. But I'm going to go ahead and move on with the videos that I didn't play yesterday because I, I, I really want to get them out. This may seem simple, but it actually details uh, the, the thinking process of many of the Republican politicians. I'll explain on the other side. Listen to this and then we'll talk to it on the other side. You've said that the passing this through the reconciliation process would poison the well of bipartisanship, but you voted to pass the Trump tax cuts and repeal the uh, Obamacare through the reconciliation process. So why, so why isn't it right for the Democrats to do this now? George, you're just talking about the difficulties of passing this legislation. There's an easy answer to this, which is let's make it bipartisan. I mean, COVID relief has never been a partisan issue. Over the last year, we've passed five bills, as you know, with overwhelming bipartisan margins. In fact, there are a bunch of us Republicans. I was one of the, the 10 Republicans who went to see the president a few weeks ago and said, let's negotiate. You know, we, we've done this five times before. We can do it again. So this is not like taxes or health care. This is COVID relief, which has always been a bipartisan issue. And by the way, it doesn't fit in reconciliation, as we've seen, because it has to be directly related to the budget, to revenues or spending, which is why the minimum wage got knocked out. Everybody knows that. So I, I have not figured it out yet, but I think uh, what he should do is what uh, you did in the Clinton administration, what the Bush administration did, which is to start off with more bipartisan measures so that we don't poison the well, so that we can continue to work together. And in this case, it would be very easy to get Republican support for a COVID relief package. Well, there is Republican voter support for this package. Forty percent, according to the New York Times, Republican support what's in the package uh, right now. That is certainly one definition of bipartisanship. Well, yeah, I guess if, if you know, checks are coming out to uh, people's uh, homes, that's, that's going to be popular. But that doesn't mean that this is the right bill. It's OK, first of all, let's get this straight. It's the guy who was completely against uh, marriage equality until he found out his son was gay. I want you to think about that. These people only think about themselves. They can only see things when it affects them. He now talks about uh, when George, uh, George tells him, wait a minute, uh, you guys passed the, the big tax cut scam without any kind of bipartisanship. You just went and rammed it through. You attempted to destroy Obamacare on your own. If it wasn't for McCain, it would have been killed. But now you're talking about a bill that most Americans want, including Republicans. And you want to say it's not bipartisan. Yes, it is bipartisan. You know why? Because a lot of Republicans love it. A lot of Democrats love it. But you don't. Republican politicians show their selfishness. Republican politicians not only show their selfishness, but they show their unwillingness to get and reach the people, to empathize with the people. Look at what he thinks about those people who like the bill. If you are giving somebody $1,400, of course they're going to like it. They're freeloaders. That is what he's trying to say. He's calling all of you Republicans who take anything from the government, freeloaders, notwithstanding that his pay and his health care comes from the government. We pay it, notwithstanding that the policies that he wants when he wants it has nothing to do with bipartisanship, but just what they want. It is important that we understand the 
the, 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 the psyche of the Republican politician. Not the people, the politicians in power. Uh, that is one of the things that I was answering at, at the, the um, panel. I wanted to make it be cleared that I try not to blame the average American citizen, meaning the average Republican, the average Democrat, the average right-winger, the average Tea Partier. Because I understand uh, how a lot of that messaging got there. And we have to be cognizant that at some point in time, we have to make that change. You know, the, the thing is, what is insanity again? Doing the same thing over and over again. And expecting a different result. We can't do that. So, like I said, I'm willing to do it. Anyhow, um, before I go into the other video, uh, since we're close to the halfway point, what I'm going to do since I've been forgetting to do it at the right time, anyhow, is just tell you, folks, if you are on YouTube, please consider hitting the join button and becoming a part of our, uh, uh, our PDR Posse, named by Bridge MCP. Please also, if you're not on YouTube or you don't see that join button, that link that I just placed in there, you should see it now on YouTube, you should see it on Twitch, and you should see it on Facebook. Please click on that link and become a part of our PDR Posse. It's politicsunright.com slash YouTube, politicsunright.com slash YouTube. Uh, Bridge also designed a cup. So here's the, the, the cup, and some of the people have gotten the cup. There, I'm scrolling it on the screen right now as we speak. Check it out. If you want to go ahead and get that cup, I'm going to put the link for that cup in there as well, designed by Bridge MCP, and she's so it is so listed as well. Uh, there is the link for the cup, I believe. Yeah, there is a link for the cup. Check it out, if you will. All the funds that you provide to us goes to support Politics Done Right and what we do here. We really do need your support. But again, so go ahead and join us at at, um, at um, click the join button on YouTube or go ahead and click uh, that politicsunright.com slash YouTube. Now, alternatively, you can support us on Patreon. We love Patreon. In fact, we need to build our Patreon to over 500 people. I think we're at 138, 137, somewhere around there. We need to get to about 1,000 people, but r right now I'm hoping this year to get to about 500. There is our uh politicsandright.com slash Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And of course, you can support us via PayPal as well, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Folks, and that book that you see on the screen, it's worth it. I spoke about the book, the thing as well. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. It's worth it. We need more than 50 plus one when we're passing legislation, re-legislation, we need to get more than 50 plus one. So here is the Amazon link to get that book. But if you want to forego Amazon, if you want to get rid of the middleman and support us directly, go ahead and go to politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store, where you can also get our hoodies and all of that. And by the way, if you're on YouTube, you see there's a, there's a um, shelf there as well that you can get our t-shirts or our cups our hoodies all that good stuff there as well so please consider supporting us in whatever whatever fashion you can because we do need it that is how we get things done 
Okay. Uh, last video on this one is Dow. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Some people like to talk about uh, whether we are playing the race card or, or, or these types of issues. I want to show you two videos because, first of all, it doesn't matter if you what scale in this country you're on. It just seems like we can't get away from it. Uh, the three people in Congress right now that are having problems getting confirmed, even by a Democrat, are three people of color. Three qualified people of color. And one of them, it's because of tweeting. You, are you kidding me? After having Donald Trump, after having all these other uh, misogynists, we are going to have a woman who has an issue with getting past, a qualified woman. Check this out. As Alexi McCammon pointed out, quoting the Democrats, the optics here are horrendous. We're talking about three nominees facing stiff headwinds. All three are people of color. Yeah, and I, it's this the level of hypocrisy and ridiculousness is, especially listening to Senator Cornyn, who's the senator from here, one of the senators from here, that we have a, quite a pair with Ted Cruz and in, in the Cancun saga and now John <laughs> Cornyn talking about, you know, it's it's an amazing level of, of just of hypocrisy. It, it would be like the Houston Astros lecturing the Los Angeles Dodgers about not stealing signs. I mean, that would be the equivalent here. And the, the, I, I'm going to be a full disclaimer. Nira is a friend of mine. Nira has been a friend of mine for 15 years. I have a great deal of respect for Nira and her, her capacity, her qualifications. I am sure today she's wishing that she had been more circumspect in this. But the idea that after we had Donald Trump as president and many of these senators, including Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, voted for Rick Grinnell, who has had the most toxic communications ever before he was approved by the United States Senate, and Brett Kavanaugh, and we watched that unfold in the Senate. And so I just think this call now by, by a series of people that, I mean, Neera Tandon is, would probably be a jaywalker compared to Grand Theft Auto tweeting that we've seen over the last five years. So um, I, it's unfortunate for Nira. She's caught up in this, but I think it just so underlines the level of hypocrisy that exists in Washington, D.C. today. We spend the Absolutely so. Now, here's the deal. It is, it is sad. It is sad that Nira had to drop out. And by the way, I'm not a fan of Nira Tandem because she's, sort of, she's a very neoliberal type person and she gave us Bernie supporters a hell. But that's okay. By the way, I want to address somebody right away, and that is, uh, let me put the definition of insurrection up there. It says a violent uprising against an authority or government. What occurred? And But Scott Garris says, what they did does not fit a legal definition of insurrection. Politics done right with Egberto Willis. Insurrection is different from riots and offenses connected with mob violence. In insurrection, there is an organized and armed uprising against authority or operations of government, whereas riots and offenses connected with mobs, violence, or simply unlawful acts and disturbances of the peace, which do not threaten the stability of the government or the existence of political society. The following is a case law defining insurrection. Insurrection means a violent uprising by a group or movement acting for the specific purpose of overthrowing the constituted government and seizing its power. 
An insurrection occurs where a movement acts to overthrow the constituted uh, government and to take possession of its inherent powers, which is exactly what they were attempting to do. You should listen to, um, to uh, Tom Hartman today. These guys' intent, they had, they, they were, look, there are a lot of people out there that they were just there to storm the Capitol. They were there to, you're right in that respect. They, don't, they didn't know what they were getting to, but there was an organized militia that was at the insurrection. And they were using the people as cover. What happened is that they failed. Here is what they intended to do from, uh, based on what uh, Tom Hartman said. They wanted to go ahead and pick up the ballots that were in the, that the, they, the deal is that they were going to get the ballots. They were going to kill uh, Mike Pence and they were going to kill uh, the, the, the Speaker of the House. Why were they going to do that? Because they were going to cut the head of the government off so that Donald Trump could either declare martial law or just stay on. I mean, look, that was an attempt to overthrow an election, overthrow the government. Please, sir, Brother Scott Garris, do not try to change or change history. We had an insurrection. People died. They broke into the Capitol. That wasn't a riot. We, will, we are not doing what was a riot was what you had at times in Portland. They weren't trying to overthrow a government. They were using a riot as a means to effect justice. There's a difference. These guys were trying to overthrow the government to keep Donald Trump in power. That was, in fact, an insurrection. Uh, let's see. Hey, Bruce, peace to all. Okay, um... Let me tell you what, like I told you guys, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare the show at all because I had an interview this, that you guys are going to see sometime this week with Bruce Boise. And also, I had a panel that I appeared on at the University of Houston. But, you know, uh, to put it bluntly, one of our regulars saved me because he, he kind of got, got to me with something that he wrote on my wall. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get it here because I want to put it here, it's uh, Daniel Lado. You guys know who Daniel Lado is. I think that's the guy that threatened us a few ago. You know, he tried to mitigate that by saying, uh, I was keeping lists for the FBI. So if he's keeping lists for the FBI, that is fine. Okay, that is fine. But uh, I want to show you the dialogue that we had, because I think it is probative. Uh, let's see, is it on my page or is it? I'm looking it up right now, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to expose it for you in a second. Bear with me as I, f I think I found it. There it is. There it is. There it is. Okay. There, uh, let me show you the thread. Where is, it? Where is my thread? I think this is it here. All right. I think I have it on the screen now. Daniel Ledo said, if you want, this, this, is, this, is, this is the narrative that he's putting out here. He says, if you want unity, why do you sow division on a daily basis? Because you are a lion snake. Yours truly. I'm a lion snake. Wow. That's what he told me. I'm a lion snake. Okay. So I said, Daniel Ledo, projection. As you well know, my audience is of all ideologies. You do visit us often with a violent anger. The last time 
talking about making lists and stocking, uh, stocking up, uh, stacking up on ammunition, that is the heights of pro- uh, projection and a display of an irrational anger that is corrosive. My bone is with the plutocracy. That is the one manipulating those who allow it. That's what I said. He replies. And I said also, by the way, all my shows are online. Anyone can fact check everything I say. If you find a lie, I will go on air and correct it. You see, I have no interest in misinforming folk. He replies, Egberto, so you believe all the verbal diarrhea you spew? Oh, damn, now I feel sorry for you. Hmm, okay. I replied, just tell, Daniel Lido, just tell me what specifically I have lied about. That was your accusation, sir. He replies, oh, Egberto, yeah, let's get into a protracted back and forth about each lie you tell. I give an example. You proceed to reply with an extensive missive as to why it's not a lie. You lie on facts. It was not an insurrection. Uh, and politicians who don't support ACA are not murdering people. It is lies of omission and misdirection. It is lies that make your base assumptions about, uh, about America. America was not founded on racism. You swim in a sea of lies, splashing around, laughing while America burns. You are either an evil genius or useful idiot. Frankly, I suspect the latter. So he says I'm a useful idiot. Okay. So let's, the, the three, since I, I pressured him to give me three lies, the first one he said was, uh, you know, uh, you lie in facts. You said ACA, people don't support ACA or murder us. Okay. Define the, what's the definition of murder? To cause someone else's death knowingly. Right? Okay. So I do exactly the fact. We here, our Republican government in Texas and throughout the country, they do not support the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. So they allow their people to die. And it is, has been documented that 20-something thousand Americans die every year because of lack of the ACA. So it's not a lie. It's not a mischaracterization. These people are no longer here. They're dead. They didn't have to be dead, but they're dead. So that one is swiped to pieces. Uh, then he says, America was founded on racism. Uh, I say America was founded on racism. I never quite say America was founded on racism, but I always say America was founded on a sin, racist acts, right? But it's still right. Um, if you are a people who come to a land, exterminate the folks that are on the pieces of land that you want, create treaties with these people and consider them savages. You bring people from Africa and force them to work. And you don't pay them any labor and you don't consider them humans. You sign a constitution in which they are three-fifths of a person for counting for the census. But they can't vote. Um, That's the foundation of the country. That's how we started. So how can you even say 
that our, the foundation of our country wasn't racism. The foundation of our country was racism, sexism, and all these other isms. Women couldn't vote. Uh, it was uh, anti-poor. Poor people couldn't vote. So let's, let's get our history correct. The foundation of this country was not pleasurable for most. It was there, but it was not pleasurable for most. It was pleasurable for those guys who sat down and, and smoked their cigars and created a constitution and did all those great things. But poor white people, all black people, all indigenous people, all women, they didn't matter. That's who we are. And when you first accept who we are, then we can change. The, the, genius, of the, the genius of what the guys did with the Constitution was the Bill of Rights and also the ability for the Constitution to change. That was a good thing. That was a good thing. No, uh, slavery was for everybody, brother. Slavery was, look, if, if anybody thinks, oh, those people up north was okay. No, they, look, we are, that's just how it is. We accept our faults and we get better from our faults. That's how we do. We don't try to hide it and say, oh, we were always such a great nation. People laugh at us. People laugh at us when they saw the insurrection with a, we go out there and tell people they need to treat, you know, <laughs> this is funny. We are applying sanctions to Russia because supposedly Russia poisoned, uh, I don't remember the name of the reporter that they poisoned, okay? Good. Think about this. Suppose a foreign country decide to sanction the United States for how police officers treat black people, Latino people, people of color. You see, we never ever sit back and put ourselves, look, look through the lens of somebody else and see how we look. Because we don't have to. We have the bomb. We have the Navy nobody can touch. We have all those things. So when you're honest... If we decide that we ever want to be honest, we can start saying, look, we have problems, but we have the mechanisms to fix them. And that's the beauty of America, not forgetting about our past, not trying to make our past not what it was, but the ability that we can make a change without having to worry about them throwing us in, in jail because we're trying to make life better for everybody else. That's the beauty in America. That is why many of us have left where we're from and came to America. Michael says, I always wonder about sanctions. Do they harm the people in the nation they're sanctioning? Yes, they do. So why are sanctions a good idea? Well, a lot of times, well, well for, some for some, here it is, Rudnim, they figure if you apply enough pain to the people in the country, that they are going to rise up and take out the leadership. It generally never works. Let me tell you, back in 1988, George Bush, the father, sanctioned Panama because of Manuel Antonio Noriega. They, uh, first, uh, a quick explanation. In Panama, our money is called the Balboa. One Balboa is exactly equal to one dollar. Okay? So what we do is we circulate the dollar in Panama. We don't, we don't print 
Balboas, we just circulate the dollar because for every Balboa, there's a dollar. So um, we go ahead and, Donald, and, and Bush imposed sanction. There will be no dollars going to America. The only dollars that float in America are those that are paid to Americans in the country working for the Canal Zone or working for an American company. Otherwise, nobody gets dollars. And things were hard in Panama because people had to find ways to barter and all of that kind of stuff because of what because of what Bush knew. So I lived it for real. I didn't. I was here by that time, but my father lived it. He he did work for the Canal Zone. So when the Americans paid him as a Panamanian, he was in high demand because all the Panamanians know, hey, this Panamanian here has uh, American dollars. So they knew that, but it really hurt the people. And in fact. That's what got the people angry against Americans. When I went to Panama with my wife in 1989 before the invasion, uh, they treated her. Once they realized she didn't speak Spanish and that she was a bona fide American, they gave her hell in Panama. I had to say, ah, mira, es mi esposa, that's my wife. So that is what, uh, so so that that is the answer to your question. Okay, I want to continue with Ledo. So I look at Ledo and I say, Daniel, those are all facts. I cannot help. If you, mis- if you are misled, I cannot help that. Uh, there, there is your problem, he says. You don't understand simple words like true and facts. It's okay. I know you are import from the third world, and English can be hard. So he resorts to insulting me. So I just ended it and laughed. And end of discussion. Uh, so I, I think it's important that like, like I told the, the folks at the uh, panel today, I really don't get, you know, people say, when people treat you like that online and they insult you online, how does it make you feel? Honestly, nothing. I swear to you, I feel nothing. I am so secure in my thoughts and what we are going to do, we are going to do, that I look at those people who put those tropes out, those people who do these things, I fe- I, at first I used to say I feel sorry for them, but I had a guest on that says, Egberto, when you're saying you feel sorry for them, you're condescending. So I have to find another word. I empathize with them, and I hope that in the long run, they will do what is necessary. Uh, I don't block anybody, you know, and that's why you notice all these people that come on, on my show, they stay on. I don't I don't block because I want I want them to still see my thing because I figure sometime I am going to say the right thing that triggers that planted seed. That's the reason I don't. Um, well, you know, even trolls, again, you plant seeds. Um, uh, let's see. I want to talk about the vaccine because uh, I think, not Nanette, uh, uh, Egberto, racism uh, will never end in America because it plays a big part on how the power, money, sir. And unfortunately, you know what? That I I spoke about that at the the panel as well, and you're correct. Uh, racism is has to do with power. It's not real because all of us are of the same race, right? It's not real. But what we have to do is get more people educated on that, Deborah. And once we get there. It'll change. I am pretty sure it'll change. Uh, Paul Fleming says, as 
uh, as person of color, you realize your ignorance doesn't affect your life. You just have to pray. <laughs> I hear you, brother. You know, I was telling another in another part of that panel that I did with uh, Living Room Conversations, I told one of the women on the panel that she was talking about um, about her daughter. She's in a mix. It's a mixed relationship. And she was saying that her daughter looks white. And sometimes it upsets her that her daughter passes and, uh, you know, she uses that she passes fine. And I told her, first of all, there's nothing there to be upset about. If your daughter can pass and she wants to pass, let her pass. Many times that survival makes life easier for her. And then I said, uh, as long as you know your daughter know who she is and she knows she's a human being and she loves all people all the same, it's all fine. And I think people have to get there. Uh, yeah, I have high hopes. I, ha- I have high hopes. Uh, somebody has to uh, bridge MCP. Somebody has to. Somebody has to. You know, um, why, you know why, a lot of the right-wingers right now, they're unhinged because they really believe in the Q, QAnon crap. They honestly believe something was going to happen. They really thought so. But it is, uh, they really thought, they really thought that, you know, they were right. If you take a look at the way people spoke to me, Daniel Ledeau, we had, um, uh, we had a few others that were absolutely sure how things were going to go. And, you know, we knew what was going to happen. We were a bit scared because it was closer than we expected, but we knew what was going to happen because it was in the numbers. But they are not reality-based. Not they themselves, but they are fault. They, they, they put their trust into media outlets that shouldn't be trusted. And, and, and you know what? Now that I've said that, I want to bring this up again. I want to bring this up again. Check this out. Uh, that is Fox News. Okay? Let me go back to Fox News. That, that, that is Fox News' reliability. Or rather, OAN. That is, that, that is the reliability of the network trumps uh, – well, let me back up. Let's go back. Come on, come on. Come on, guys. Don't, don't embarrass me like that. All right. This is one, America, uh, 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 one American news. Look at what their reliability is, okay? It is questionable sources. All right? Next one up. Okay, you said you're going to change. Fox News. Right bias, mixed reliability. In other words, not very reliable. And then the next one is Newsmax, questionable, mixed again. And this is EgbertoWillies.com, left bias, reliability, high. The reason I, uh, ON is low. The reason, I, the reason I, I play this is the following. When some of the right-wingers come here and say, oh, but you know, you are not telling the truth or whatever, I can say, you go to any one of my blogs that I've written, go to any one of the videos that I put out there, Go to any one of all these things that I write there. The one thing I try to do is to be respectful of all of you. I want to develop I want to develop with you a trust. Not that I don't want you to check on me. Check me out. If I write something and it sounds fish, check it out. Fact check it as best that you can. Because if I make a mistake, I'll be the first to change it. So fact check me. But it's important for you to understand that when you that you know that you have in me a person 
that is going to be searching for the real information, the real facts, to make sure that when you go ahead and quote something that you didn't read but you know you heard it on Politics Done Right, you can feel secure that no one's going to make a fool of you because you come with some bit of misinformation. So again, EgbertoWillis.com, high reliability. All those right-wing channels, ON, Newsmax, and Fox, low or otherwise. And it, let me, uh, I love what you just said, Eric, because what you just said is very important. Because we spoke about that with the journalists at, uh, at, um, at, at the University of Houston. That's where I just did the panel. And, one of the, and I told you, those kids are intelligent as hell. One of the kids asked, where does opinion end and fact begin? Your term right there is you believe what you believe. Stop. I explained to them what opinion looks like. I believe in big government. I believe the government should be bigger than any one corporation. It should be bigger than multiple corporations. Why? For power. I want the power to be we the people. Government belongs to us all. If government is bad, we made it bad. We made a bad choice if government is bad. You need to understand that. We have to take responsibility for what we do. If, we, if government is bad, we are bad. Good. So I want big government. But what I explained to the students is as follows. That's my belief. That, according to Eric, that's what I believe. That does, it's neither wrong or right. It's what I believe because that is something that isn't fixed. A government, we decide how we want the government to be. If most Americans want big government, we'll have big government. If most Americans want small government, we'll have small government and live with the consequences. We want big government, we'll live with the consequences of big government. Big government means more taxes, but it also means a bigger safety net. It also means a lot of things that, that, as, that you don't have to worry about. Little government means that you're on your own many times. And, you know, if you health care stuff, you bankrupt, you're on your own. So the difference. It's neither wrong or right. It's depending on what you want. But masks, a mask that that isolates 0.5 microns will prevent the virus from going through. That's not an opinion. That is a fact. That when I mix hydrogen and oxygen together, it creates water. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. That when I put carbon dioxide into the air, it creates a blanket mechanism over the atmosphere and thus prevent radiation from leaving the earth, which means the average temperature of the earth rises, that's not opinion. That is fact. So there are certain things that we can have opinions about that it's neither right or wrong, and there are certain things that are simply fact. And until we, uh, the problem that we have in society today is they have tried to mix those two. Now, when it comes to government waste, and I want to give you some numbers here, um, Eric Hayes. If you have a company, and that company has a, after it, after it pays its executives and after it pays its salaries, all those things, hey, 
uh, they still have to pay money to the shareholders. So let's say on average a, com- a, a, a private company makes 20%. That means in government you'd have to have over 20% waste for it to be better to have something private. Where am I going with that? Medicare for all will have an overhead of about 3%. Private health insurance is more than 20%, and it's even higher if you figure out all the staff that have to work in doctor's offices to work with different insurance companies, to work with different billers, to work with all these different things. Our healthcare system is a mess because it is private. There are certain things that do not belong in the private sector. And when we are honest enough that we can talk about these things without making it an ideological battle, it will make a lot more sense. We have to be able to speak these issues. We have to be able to convince our brothers and sisters. Eric is a conservative. I know I can... And and, and, uh, what's his name is a conservative. A couple more conservatives in the room. I know... After this pandemic is over, we can sit down and have a cup of coffee. And I'm not looking for you to say, hey, I'm a liberal now. But I'm looking for you to say, oh, now that you've shown me these numbers, huh, just maybe we need to look at Medicare for all. Just maybe we need to look at the Green New Deal. Maybe not call it the Green New Deal, but call it something else. And that is where I'm going from. My thing is to respect all you conservatives all you liberals, all you progressives, all you anarchists, all you whatevers, so that later on, we can have a real conversation and then say, okay, we have enough respect for each other that we can go ahead and say, okay, Egberto, you know, I, some people would even say, look, I am willing to pay more so that I have X, Y, Z. Some people would say that, you know, but I say don't deny those who don't want that the ability to have that. It's that simple. Tom C. says, problem. We, the people, are not the majority with voter suppression, gerrymander, and electoral college, and Senate, money in politics. Election reform need to, needed to make voting easier, not harder. Tom C., you are 100% right. Okay, let me run down these things and salute you guys now. Welcome aboard, Tom C., Paul Fleming, Michael Rodney, uh, Eric Hayes. Uh, talking to Deborah John, Bridge MCP. Uh, let's see who else. No, uh, let's see who else is here. Uh, para ver, uh, Linda, Linda Joe Kessinger. Welcome aboard. E two two four seven and E two four seven. United Commission on Truth, Racial Healing and Transformation sponsor, Senator Booker. I agree with that, Senor E two two four seven. You're absolutely right. Love it. And by the way, E two two four seven. Thank you for uh, promoting my uh, Daily Coast article. Love you for that, brother. Uh, Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard. Linda Joe Kissinger, Paul Fleming Sr., welcome aboard. Michael Rudden, I think I called you out. And Deborah John, I think I called you out. Who am I missing? Text 777. Uh, let's see who else. Um, I think I got everybody. I'm still looking through my list. Um, my eyes are going berserk. Okay, I think I got everybody. Para ver, para ver. Okay, if, you, if I haven't called you out or you've been shy... Drop a, a, a note to the bottom of the thing. I'm still scrolling through, and I'll talk to you at the bottom because I see a couple of new messages coming. Let's see if that is anybody new. Michael Rudnan says, Joe Biden doesn't want to call it the Green New Deal, but his rhetoric indicates he may want to pass the individual components. 
at least given ideal conditions. You know, Rudnan, that is a very good observation. It's also a very true observation. He realizes right now, and I, uh, we all should realize that these people have made caricatures out of several things, and the only way around it is to go ahead and just get the job done and not worry about the caricature, so just don't call it by the name. I'm with you, Rudnan. Very good observation. Uh, uh, let's see, Linda Jo Kessinger. I think most of us agree on the issues, but many won't accept a change from those they demonize. That is why I talk about not hating anybody, Linda. That is why I talk about taking the hit. On, when I was at the panel today, I told those people, people would come on air and call me the N-word, they'll call me this, they'll call me that. That is not enough for me to stop engaging with you. They'll call me just about everything. Import. Look at what uh, Ledo called me. He called me an import from a third world nation, right? Doesn't matter. See you tomorrow. Thank you again, my brother, um, AVQ, Michael Rodney. You'll have a good one. Um, so my thing is this. And I, I tell a lot of my friends, hey, welcome aboard Norman Reynolds. I tell people this, and I really mean this. I've lived a great life. In my, this, in my, the rest of my life, I'm dedicating to do this sort of thing, to do what's good, to do what's right, to be act, activism. I, that, that is where I really am. And in order to do that, I can't do it the way it's always been done. The way it's always been done is you piss me off. And I'm talking about any activist. You piss me off, I throw it right back at you. You're not going to see me doing that. Because I understand. If I want to make a difference, if I want to make a difference, I have to get engaged. I have to. To get engaged. And to get engaged requires people to listen. So I let you hit me and hit me. I'm not saying turn the other cheek. No, I'm not talking physically now. You hit me physically, you're, you're in trouble. But you get the point. My name is Egberto. Ah, let me just give those links real quick for one more time. Folks, please go to my store. Get our, our, our stuff, both T-shirts and books and all that good stuff. If you want a direct link for my book on, um, on Amazon, here is that link for the book on Amazon. Uh, if you want to uh, support us via Patreon, which we need your support via Patreon, go ahead and hit us up at politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can also support us via PayPal. I notice I have a lot of ways for us to support. I even have ways for you to send, what, what is it, cash out, all that kind of stuff, but I didn't put that up here. Uh, there you go for if you want to help us out on PayPal. And, of course, uh, those of you that are not on YouTube that don't see the join button, just go to head and go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube. Look, I know you can be anywhere. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. Love you all. Respect you all. Want you all to come back. Please remember to share. Most of this program is seen after the fact. Please share, share, share. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! 
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.